Alright, this is The Altar Life with Brett and Jeff. Good evening, Jeff is here with me. And uh, part two of our Gideon character study here, we talked about Gideon last week and um, just talked about how not worthy and how uh, little and weak and meaningless he is in the scope of life, but how God saw him as a mighty man of valor and wanted to do amazing things and did amazing things last week through him in chapter 6 of Judges. So if you have your Bible, turn out because we're going to be going into chapter 7. So you want to kind of stay with us and um, tune into Judges 7 there. Yeah, you can definitely check out our website. If you missed last week's episode, we'll have it up there. And um, we'd love for you to stay in tune with us. Why don't you check us out online and send us an email? That'll be good. Yep, definitely. So, uh, you know, we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and we're going to move into seven and the story of of Gideon. And, uh, you know, he just went through the whole signs thing with the fleece and trying to prove it to himself that God was in this next part of the story. And so um, Gideon goes out. And it says that and all the people were with him and rose early and camped beside the well, the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, my own hand has saved me. He's got an army of people with him, and they're ready to go conquer the Midianites, this last step of freeing the Israelites from bondage and all these people are there and he's like probably feeling pretty good like look at all these people that are around like you know we got a tribe of people here no pun intended (laughs) and uh we're ready to roll let's do it right he's I got my comp I got my my sign I'm good to go like probably feeling pretty good like I can't believe God picked me you know, this is great, you know, getting, you know, telling everyone to get their, their swords all sharpened and we're going to go in and we're going to take over this camp. And God's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's too many people in the mix here. You know, I don't want it to be at the end of the day that, that the Israelites can say that it was all about us because it really is going to be all about me. And so we're going to keep talking about that as we continue. Talking about Gideon and the army that God dwindles down to almost nothing. <laughs> You know, and I love this because God knows what's in the heart of man. He knows it's like, okay, if the Midianites were 10,000 and the Israelites were like 8,000 people, I'm just pulling numbers out of a hat, and the 8,000 beat the 10,000, then the Israelites were just like, man, we're just like that much stronger. Like, <laughs> we're 20% stronger than they are because 80% of what they had, we beat them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know, to start getting all arrogant and stuff you see this in sports teams i see this all the time where it's like a total miracle that a team wins they get like totally beat you know, i'm just thinking about the eagles uh which is my football team but like you see like they just get manhandled all game they have no no business winning a game and some lucky play happens and they win and then they start like beating their chest like yeah that's right <laughs> like what that was like a total fluke that you won like the miracle at the Meadowlands and stuff like that like it's only because of the stupidity and, and the fact that God wanted that to happen <laughs> that you could ever do anything. And that's what this story is about. God's like, I know what mankind is like. If they win and they're almost evenly matched, they're just going to be like, it's because I'm awesome. It's because of all those fight lessons I took as a kid. The karate. And Jeff, you were just talking about the heart of man, you know. Isn't it funny? Like, we so easily go into that. Like, that, that hard attitude of, yeah, 
I know why God picked me. <laughs> Katie was probably feeling all all cool, like he just ripped down an altar from Baal and escaped the the anger of the whole area and uh, got filled with the spirit and trumpets and people were following him and like look at this guy now he's you know he's getting some notoriety he's getting famous like he ripped down the altar that's pretty cool like I want to <laughs> follow that guy you know and um, he's starting to feel pretty good about himself I think and um, you know he's got this army of people ready to jump into battle at his lead and uh, the Lord kind of breaks it down for him and says there's too many and uh you know, I, I just look at my own life and there's been times or things that God's called me to where, you know, I'm so scared to start because I don't know if it's really the Lord or not. And then when I get a piece about doing it and I kind of take that step in faith and then God starts blessing me along the way, we oftentimes can get complacent in our faith, right? And we go, we take it for granted, like, yeah, God's with me, you know, because, you know, he picked me. I mean, I'm the man. Like, yeah. We start getting that. We go the other direction. We yeah. get overconfident. In, in his calling and um, man that's where Gideon is and, and God wants to protect the Israelites from that attitude and protect Gideon no doubt because you know God ultimately wants the glory and he wants everyone to know that it's all about him right it's not about us and uh, he oftentimes puts things in our lives so that we have no other direction to look but up yeah you know I've heard people talk about with celebrities and stuff that like they come on the scene and they're, they're just like hardworking people and they get a big break and the worst thing they can do is start to believe their own press because you know early on in their career they're just like happy that it happened you know they're so so thankful they're nice to people and then that there's this moment where it turns and they start to be like well they should treat me that way I mean look who I am you know what I mean like obviously I had some amazing skill that even I was unaware of that got me to this amazing level and and I always wonder where that where when does that moment happen? God knows where that moment is. I don't. Where even in my own life, I can say, you know, oh wow, God is so good. I can't believe He blessed me and gave me this opportunity. I'm so unworthy. And then it's like that moment where it's like, yeah, He chose me. He saw something in me that I had no idea was there. But I'm glad He saw it because look at me shine, <laughs> you know. And God knows that's there, and He says. Getting rid of that. I'm going to knock that right out. You're listening to the Alpha Life with Brent and Jeff. That was an old skillet song. I trust you. Before that, you were a hero. And we need to rely on God to save us. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Gideon did. God was afraid that he might not. So he works it out so that there's no question he's going to completely rely on God. And, you know, I was just thinking about how, you know, Brent talked about it earlier. We forget that we depend on God all the time. It gets to a point where we're like, I got this. <laughs> you know, I, I obviously have the skill set because God chose me for this task. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want us to stop depending on him. We don't. He doesn't want us to get complacent and to just, like, retread the same steps because we're like, oh, I, you know, this is routine for me. I know I used to depend on God to do this, but I've done it enough that I can handle it myself. It's not, that's not a good place to be. And that's what God is trying to prevent here. Yeah, he's he's definitely wants the glory, you know, and he wants us to be looking up at all times. And, and re, in reality, there's never a moment when we don't need him. You know, when we think otherwise, we're deceiving ourselves. Or we're not where we're supposed to be still. Yeah. You know, he's moved on and we've stayed back. And uh, just a warning for us tonight to watch that in our hearts that can creep in. And when God said to Gideon, the next sentence, I'm sure he's like, wait, that's not what I thought. <laughs> God says, uh, 
Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. Gideon's like, uh oh. Yeah, 22,000 of the people returned <laughs> and 10,000 so remained. If anyone more, than, more than two thirds <laughs> left because they were scared. <laughs> I can just awesome. see them. It's like, if you're scared, you can go. And everybody just turns and starts running. They're like, ah! <laughs> Gideon's just watching the masses and all and the 10,000 that stayed are just like should we be that scared <laughs> you know <laughs> oh what a picture and and you know probably the really rational sensible people looked at the situation and went we're done <laughs> and ran ran away you know um but anyway i mean i think it's it's just it's a really funny moment but i love how god starts weeding it out weeding out the fearful and afraid isn't that interesting he starts with mm-hmm. that that category of people those people who are scared afraid obviously don't have faith in me they don't believe that it's all about what i'm doing let them be the first to leave and two-thirds of the people took off you know it's interesting i'm, I'm sitting here looking at this and it's almost like a, a picture of gideon himself when god told him that he was going to do this he's like no i can't do this he was like afraid Remember when we, we talked about it last week, he tears down the altars of Baal because God tells him to, but he does it at night because he's afraid. It's almost like the, this army is Gideon and God's weeding all these elements out of this army that he wants to weed out of us when he calls us to do something. It's like, okay, we have this idea. Once we accept God's calling and once we decide, okay, we're going to do what God wants us to do. We start to like make a list of all the things we can do to help it happen. And God's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want you to stay. The reason I picked you is because you don't have anything to offer. And I want it to stay that way so that I get the glory. And God's not like a glory hog. Like he's like an egomaniac. God deserves the glory because he does it all. Yeah. He doesn't want us to steal the glory because it's detrimental to us and our relationship with him. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just funny how he weeds out this large amount of people that are afraid. And Gideon's probably like, oh, man, I was afraid. Uh, I know, was feeling it, pretty good at one point. Yeah, and now he's like, I thought, wait a minute. But it's just, it's funny because it's almost like an, an allegory there. Like, the fear that we have, God is like, he's He's going to He's gonna take all these different things about us until we're left with what he's left with, what he can work with, basically. Yeah. Remove all the distractions. It's pretty cool. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Moron. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was my brain says stop, but my heart says go. Yeah. I'm static. That's probably how Gideon was feeling. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my heart, I know God's in this, but this doesn't make any sense. And it's starting to make less and less sense as we go here. As we get less and less people. <laughs> this just doesn't seem right. He's like, wait, maybe 10,000 were supposed to leave and 22 were supposed to stay. I think we got this a little bit wrong. Let me rephrase the question. It's those who are afraid, not those who are not afraid to go home. <laughs> oh, wait, that didn't change anything? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the same people leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Next up, <laughs> why don't you check out our website, www.thealterlife.com. There you can listen to our most recent episodes. You can also subscribe to our blog, so it comes right to your email, and download previous Unbelievable segments and webisodes older series that we have that we made in uh, you know nice little snippet form so you can take the, the segments with you and listen to them to be edified and fed you're unbelievable the altar this is unbelievable I cannot 
not believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was Leap of Faith by Sanctus Real. Before that, you heard Whatever You're Doing, Something Heavenly by Sanctus Real. A double play. And those are great songs about what, what must have been going through Gideon's mind. And it's time for our unbelievable segment. Gideon was probably like, this is unbelievable. 22,000 people left? I only got 10 left? What am I going to do? And uh, that brings us to our unbelievable segment, Brent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a phenomena that's, you know, when I was growing up, you know, old, like I'm an old dude, <laughs> but I was growing up, this never was the case. But <laughs> now, like in department stores and such, you know, you walk in and there's the people that just hang out by the front door and their main job is to just say hi to you, <laughs> like to greet you. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds nice and everything. But I always think it's weird. Like, I walk in and people say hi, and I'm almost like, oh, hi. I, I just want to come into the store and buy something and leave. I didn't really want to have... A, it's not time to be social. <laughs> it's like... And also, like, I almost feel like I'm coming into their store. Like, oh, can I come in? Like, it's yeah. almost like you want to ask... Like, You're you, like, oh, wait. Like, you knock on someone's front door, and they're like, yes. <laughs> it's like, wait, can I come into your store? It's like when you walk into the wrong bathroom. I mean, what? <laughs> when you're like, oh, whoops, sorry. Or, or oh, wrong door, sorry. <laughs> I just think what's weird is that then when you exit, you feel compelled to like show them your receipt. Oh yeah, like well, there's places in I know that they and then they just look at it. And they're like, okay, and then like I think they just do that so you don't feel like an idiot because right. they're like, I don't do anything with this. You just just leave. What is your problem? You need like <laughs> me to go. Oh, good purchases. Oh, look, you saved fifteen percent. Good for you. That <laughs> some people, it's like, let me see that, and they like actually check it off. But other times, there are people just like, no, you're fine, you're fine. Go ahead, yeah. go through. They're like enter and exit consultants. Like you know, <laughs> their main That's job a, is to help you enter and exit I love their you, store. You exit the security thing. It's like, eh, 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 and you stop and you look around, and no one, no one's no doing one anything because it happens like, all the time. You're fine. I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm just gonna come back next time and get more stuff <laughs> off the price tag <laughs> uh, well don't be caught off guard by greeters because um they they mean well yeah. but watch out <laughs> They're, they always have that glint in their eye best like, bar offs there hey I welcome even, to best buy i know about this story i don't know why you're here <laughs> <laughs> you should just turn around now our sales are going to get you you're listening to the altered life with brent and jeff brilliant the lord said to gideon moving on after two-thirds of the people went back home of the army that Gideon was building. He said to Gideon, Gideon's probably thinking, oh, finally, now we've got the army. I don't know if we're going to do it, but I guess we'll just, we'll, the Lord's in control. And the Lord says, the people are still too many. What? <laughs> Bring them down to the water, and I will test them there. Then it will be that of, of, of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, and the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. He's basically saying, I'm going to pick out the people I want. And he brought the people to the water. I love this. Is everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall set him apart by himself. And anyone who goes down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand in their mouth, was 300 men. And he picked those people. The Lord said, those 300 men who lapped, <laughs> I will save you. And it's like... Why did he choose that? Like, drink water. <laughs> like, those who drink water like a dog, we'll keep. <laughs> the ones who just get down on their knees and, and do the hand-to-mouth thing, ain't going. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Why did he pick that? I don't know. Some people have said that, like, they, like, hold the water up to their mouth, and they're, like, got their eyes on the hills, making sure everything's good. And then other people are just, like, putting their whole head in the water. I don't know if that's true or not. I just think maybe God has a sense of humor. <laughs> and he's like, 
maybe those guys were crazy, the 300 that were drinking like a dog. And God's like, not only am I going to only leave 300 for you, but they're all going to be crazy that think they're dogs. <laughs> so now I'm really going to get the glory. <laughs> and I just keep going back to this picture. Gideon, like, all right, everyone, he's the MC of this, right? Everyone, get a drink of water. <laughs> I'm not thirsty. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Go get a drink of water. And uh, it's pretty remarkable. There was only two versions out of all those people, you know, two different ways people drank. Um but out of the so who was he left with he was left with 10,000 men of the 10,000 men only 300 drank water this way out of the river like he's probably thinking you know oh we're gonna take the the 9,700 amount of people right right God no those are all the other people I want you to leave I want to pick the 300 men and we're down to 300 people to defeat the whole camp of the of the Midianites. And Gideon's probably looking at that. Now, at this point, you know, the beginning of chapter, probably really excited and confident in his army. You know, and now he's looking at it going, there's not much left to be confident in but the Lord, right? And, uh, you know, the Lord does that in our lives. And the Lord, Lord will often get us to a place where he starts stripping away all of our comfort things all the things we stack up around us to make ourselves feel confident in our own ability you know he uh takes away our physical uh, physical ability sometimes he takes away our finances he takes away um all the things that make it seem like our security blankets right that we that we prop up to say well at least i'll have that you know so we're we're down to a point where it's impossible for us to follow in the Lord's step footsteps without trusting him with our whole lives. And um, why does he do that? Because he wants us to be scared because he wants us to because he's cruel and he wants us to be flipping out, you know. I don't think God's heart's that way at all. I think God does that so that we can learn more about him. And we get to those moments where he had in the previous chapter where he tells the Lord, "Alas, O oh Lord God, I have seen you face to face. I'm at peace." Like he wants us to get to that place where you know what? I have put my faith in all these other things, and I'm going to get to the point where I just want to have my faith in you, Lord. And um, so Gideon's at getting to this place. You know, I'm sure he's still nervous. We would be too. I'm sure he's <laughs> wondering how God was going to pull this off. We definitely would be too, because we're not. We don't read the end of the story when we're doing it, our, living in it ourselves. Um, but I'm so thankful he gave us the scripture because when we're in those moments, we can read the story and go, "Well, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever." So. If God was faithful in Gideon's life by taking those things away, how much more is he going to be faithful in our lives? And we have the Holy Spirit daily telling us that it's going to be okay. What an interesting story. I mean, as it moves on, it doesn't get any less interesting. That's a double negative, I think. But we we see about the first he's got the, the dogs lapping. The guys are scared. Then they're lapping like dogs. Then, you know, Gideon's afraid. Obviously, gets to a point he's like, okay. Why, we, why do you think he's afraid? Well, he has 300 guys, and if you look in verse 12, it says, The Midianites and the Amalekites, all the people of the east were lying in the valley, as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seashore in multitude. <laughs> so it's not like it's like he started with 22,000 against the Midianites, who only had 1,000. And now God's weeding it down 300 to 1,000. The 22,000 in my mind probably wasn't even really enough. But Gideon's like, all right, God, you're going to do it. God gets it into the most unfathomable number. 
where it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. We're going to die in like five minutes. It's going to be like one, one, you know, legion or, you know, one battalion of troops are going to come and just wipe us out. Gideon's afraid. He's probably like, God, can we do that thing about the people who are afraid going home? Because I'd like to, I'd like to join that group. You know, I, I don't think I can handle this. But God's in control. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural. Perhaps. Baloney. Perhaps not. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. And you know, as you keep reading the story tonight, Gideon's got his 300 men. And he has... And there's a dream. Gideon had come. There was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of bread tumbled into the camp. It hit a tent and it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed and his companion said, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like the, I don't know. It, it, it's too crazy to be made up. I mean, the Bible should be true, you know? Um, and if you don't believe it tonight, this is too crazy of a story for it actually to be made up. <laughs> and so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and his interpretation, he worshipped. And he said to the camp, arise, the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. You know, no matter how crazy and silly that sounds, it was what Gideon needed to hear for the final step of faith to say, you know what? We got 300 men. We're going. And um, we're the loaf of bread that's rolling into the camp. <laughs> that's going to knock over the tents, you know. And uh, praise the Lord that he gave him the ability and the faith to to lead these people. And, you know. These people had to have faith because they must have looked around and said, look, there's only 300 of us now, Gideon. You must be crazy. Um, But it took a leader like Gideon to say, guys, the Lord has delivered it. And you know what? He didn't say, which I love when you keep reading, he didn't say, go get all your swords and your armor. We're going to go to battle. He said, go get a trumpet and an empty bucket with a light in it. And we're going to go surround the camp. And the way that they did it was they blew the, the trumpet and showed their, broke the pitchers and they had all their torches and there was lights and trumpets and people went crazy and killed each other and <laughs> delivery. It's hilarious. I mean, God can do what he wants and it doesn't matter what we have or how good we are. And this story just lays it out. I mean, I feel like Gideon doesn't get talked about as much as maybe like Samson or David or... Daniel in the lion's den or whatever, but this story is just incredible because Gideon is just like us. He's just a normal, average guy. He's basically the runt of the litter, runt of the family, he says, and he hears this and he's like, guys, it's all true. It's all going to happen. They're so afraid of us. God has sent a dream and we're going to go do this. And, you know, the rest of the story is just amazing. Like they, they say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and they just go in and they capture the two princes. They kill them. And they just subdue the Midianites. All those men, the, the, the camels and the men that couldn't be counted, they just beat them all. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> that's God right there. That's all God. And I love how ga- God changes the game so often. You know, we come into the... I'm sure Gideon's expectation from fighting this battle was, let's go get our swords and our she- you know our armor on, and we're going to go, and we're going to surround them, we're going to go to battle, and because we have more than them people, then we're just going to beat them. And uh, God's like... No. Not only does he reduce the number of people, but he just doesn't even need swords. He doesn't even need to fight. It's like he changes the game completely. Like, it blew his expectation. There was no... This had never been done before. It's not like that's like you go look at how to win a battle and you turn to page 100 and it says, the trumpet and 
empty pot trick. You know, it's like, it's not something that could have been made up. It's not something that anyone would have strategized to be that. You know, it, it was a God thing. You know, it was a supernatural victory. And so often when God's asking us to do something, you know, we have the conventional way we think it's going to be done because that's how we've seen it done before. That's how you do it, right? It's logical. And so often God changes the game and it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it a completely different way. Then you're going to look back and you're going to go, I can't believe that actually happened. I still can't believe that actually happened because it had to be supernatural. It had to be something that came from the Lord. And then when it plays out that way, and then we look back and see it was all God, then who gets the glory? Then we're like getting and we stop and we worship because there's nothing else to do. It's all about you, God, and we're going to worship you, put our faith and trust in you, and you're going to lead us on to victory. At the beginning of the chapter, we're like, why, why does God do this? Oh, wait, that's right. He said in verse 3, or verse 2, Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me and say, My own hand has saved me. God's like, No, man, I'm not going to let Israel take all this for themselves and ignore the fact that I am delivering the Midianites into your hand. And just as Brent said, you know, in the last segment, as soon as Gideon realizes that God is going to do what he said he was going to do, he just worships him, gives him all the glory. He's like, God, I'm sorry I doubted you. You are incredible. And they just like, are, they're exhilarated. They're like, let's go. Let's go now. It's like God promised them and there was no doubt. It was like, okay, we're going to go do it. We're going to seize it now. The opportunity is there for us. And, uh, you know, those last few songs are just about giving glory to the, the Lord because those kinds of things can only happen by his strength. And I'm sure there are things in all of our lives that we can look back and say, I don't know how that happened, but God must have wanted it to happen because... right. I, I didn't do anything. You know, it just kind of just happened. and Or God put me in a place where I was not qualified and somehow something great happened out of it. Or, you know, you can say that about your job or whatever it is. But ultimately, God wants us to realize that, yeah, we're the least. You know, we're the least in the family. We're the least of all those people. And we don't have anything to offer God. But he wants us to stay that way because that's when he can use us. And has no, there's no fear of us trying to take the glory for ourselves. You know, he picks us from that place and he doesn't want us to get all big headed about it. He wants us to stay in that place because that's when he can confound the wise. Like it says in first Corinthians, you know, God takes the foolish things and the weak things of the world to put, put down the mighty and the, and the wise, because they're the ones that are prideful. They're the ones that don't think they need God. The ones that have a deep need that are poor in spirit. They're the ones that God uses. They're the ones that God says, you have nothing, so I can fill you up with everything. And, uh, you know, that's what I'll get out of this story. It's just so great. Judges chapter 7, you continue on and read the rest on your own. But, man, a great, great couple of episodes about Gideon. And, uh, you know, who knows? We'll do more character studies yeah, in the future. So uh, until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Music, truth, real, period. period.